Why am I here? Somebody say, why am I here? James, the first chapter, verses 2 through 8 in the NLT, New Living Translation. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. Great joy, I'm going through persecution, I'm going through trial, I'm going through pain. Watch. He said, for you know that when your faith is tested, how many people know faith isn't faith until it's tested? For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. You say, well, Bishop, I don't know if I want to grow that much. Well, you need to with some of the things that are coming on the planet Earth. Then he says in verse 4, after giving a chance to grow, he said, so let it grow. So what he's saying there, let the pain go through the process. Understand God has a plan, Gerald. God has a plan. And nothing's going to happen to you until God says it's going to happen. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask, why am I here? But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Does anybody understand wavering? You can't waver. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything of the Lord. You ain't gonna, there's nothing going to happen for you. Not a thing if you're wavering. So I'm tired of people saying, well, God, they're, they're, they've got all this faith until something happens. Then something happens. They say, well, it was God. God let me down. God didn't let nobody down. If you're alive today and breathing, you could get out of bed it doesn't matter what else I went through this week because I could get out of my bed this morning. I thank God for that because he is still on the throne and he's still in control of all of our lives. He says such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. Let not that man or woman think that they shall receive anything because they're unstable. You know, have you ever received some, a call from somebody telling you that there's something you have in your house? Because they all know. Believe me when I tell you, everybody knows everything you got. Because you usually bought it on credit cards and all that stuff. They know what you've got. And they call up and say, you know, I know you've got this car. And I, I, I feel like it's time for you to get, get a step up. Time to move on up to the big house. Uh, have you thought about selling your house? You need an, you need an upgrade. You need you got a phone. Need an upgrade. And there's so many things. Uh, uh, you know, we, they they try to hit you with. You need something new. How many people know that some of the things that are old are not that bad? But what do they mean by that when they call you? They're saying they're saying something more than what many people think. They're not just saying. Let me have your car and let me put a, a, a new paint job on it and you'll think it's new. Or you've got a phone and you just put a new cover on it, but it's still the same old phone. It's still got the same operating system. But we make it look better. 
So what do they mean when they say we're going to do a step up? We're going to do a, 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 an upgrade for you. Well, it meant that whatever I had was not up to their standard. And it meant that there was going to be a better system. Now, I'm not against a better system. But I'm one of those that believe that if it's working, why, why mess with it? They say there's a more faster and efficient way of doing business. Then this person that I've heard them speak before, they say this. Here's the words. Are you ready for change? I like that. I don't know about you, but I was ready for a change this week. Are you ready for a change? Well, listen to me. Why am I here? I am here to say to you, you are eligible today. Say me. You are eligible today for an upgrade, for something better. That's why you are here. That's why you went through Easter Sunday. This place was full, and now you're in here today because you still want something from God. You still want to be close to the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, you've got that upgrade. It's time to take off the old operating system. Get rid of it. It's not going to help you anymore. It's antiquated. Quit acting like you used to act. Act like God wants you to act. But it's time to put off, take off the old system. Quit thinking like you used to think and acting like you used to act and doing the things you thought would work. And do what God says. See, I want to walk in the newness that only the Holy Spirit can bring. So what do I want? Why am I here? I want that system, that Holy Spirit system to work in my life. I want to be filled with power and the expectancy of the kingdom of God. So I ask you today, which I think this is a, an important day. I want to ask you today, are you ready for change? And it's more than it's more than a head shake. It's a heart shake. I'm telling you. God's about to do something that you've never seen before. Well, I don't know. I've heard all my life about signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Well, if wonders happened all the time, you would, it would no longer be a wonder. If miracles happen on a regular basis, for most of us, we, we'd be nonchalant. And I can prove that to be a fact. It's humans will forget it. So, I'm looking for the expectancy of the kingdom of God. And we're ready for change. Why am I here? First, I want to say that God is a God of design. Say that back to me. God. What do you mean? God doesn't just throw something out. Throw it out there on his creative table. And scratch his head and say, let's see if this works. Y'all ever done something like that? Let's just see if this works. Boy, I, I'd hate to go to see my doctor. He said, well, I'm going to give you this. Let's just see if it works. Well, I'm dying here. I don't want to see if it works. I want it to work. No, he does everything with order. And what you said to me the other day, Floyd, it is process. You can't get past the process. No matter who you are, Courtney, no matter who you are, Floyd, no matter who you are, Dr. Collier, the process is real. It is there, and you will walk through it. 
He does everything in order and he does it with plan. God creates everything with divine design. And you are a part, you, say me, you are a part of the master plan. He never starts something or creates something that he hasn't already, oh, I love this. He never starts something or creates something that he hasn't already seen the finished product. He's already seen it. Jeremiah 1, verse 4 through 7 in the King James Version, something you should be very familiar with. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before, I, before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. When did he do this? You're in the womb. Does anybody realize that he saw you in your mother's belly? And he knew what you were going to do before you knew it? Before your mom knew it, your dad knew it? He knew you'd be sitting here today listening to this old man? He said, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now, obviously, he wasn't a child, but he felt in God's perspective he was a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send you, and whatsoever I command you to speak, you shall speak. God knows who you are and what you are to accomplish before you were born. But, everybody say but. But we are all of us, everyone here, are faced with a lot of life-changing choices along the way. You start out this way, you make a choice. Start out that way, make another choice. You're all trying to head in the right direction, but we're all making these choices. And it can be, well, let me say this. That's where confusion starts. We think God is messed up. God didn't mess up. Our GPS got messed up. And this is where we get out of balance. It's when our choices don't align with the destiny God has for our life. Then we start to ask, why are we even here? Because you've met, you did it. I did it. It wasn't God's fault. Anything that's happened in my life has been my fault. Not God's fault. He's the one that's protected me. With, from My granddaddy used to pray, thank you, Lord, for protecting me from danger seen and unseen. Because there's dangers that happen that I didn't even know about. What did God do then? Why am I here? Well, get, get this. God created you for fellowship, relationship, and restoration. Fellowship, relationship, and restoration. Not only do we share in the same interest now, but now we are connected. We are related. We are related to God. He is our Father. Genesis 1, 26 through 28 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female. Notice what he did there. He created male and female. And if you'll read this properly, you'll find out he did that before he even created Adam and Eve. So let's just leave that right there. He created something. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Replenish the earth? What does that mean? The earth had something before. 
Am I right or wrong? Why would he use that terminology if it wasn't true? Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So why are you here? Boy, that names it right there. He wants you to be fruitful so that others will see and enjoy your good works, God's good works working through you so they'll glorify your Father in heaven, Matthew 5, 16. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's why I say it's imperative that we testify of the goodness of the Lord. I could not stand here before you and preach today if I didn't tell you what God done for me. But Satan is trying to do something that God says will not happen. So the good works. Then he said multiply. This is not only points to have. Listen, to me, multiply isn't just about you having babies. Not only fruitful, he said multiply. And it not only points to having children, but also creating a place where the people, people can be birthed into the kingdom of God. And cause others to be hungry for what we've experienced. Replenish, subdue, have dominion. So I ask again, are you ready for that step up? You ready for something more than a new coat of paint? Are you ready for something more than just putting on a new blazer or a new jumpsuit? You want to change. I want what's underneath to change. So I'm ready to do a step up. Something that's improved and the Holy Spirit will always improve you. He said that in the first few verses we read today. He will bring that about. Is your system today operating according to the master's plan? That's important. Is it or isn't it? So are we ready for that change? Then here, listen to this. Don't sidestep the design. Don't sidestep the design and step into confusion. Never step away from who created you and what he created you for and why you're here. Never. Romans 1.25, what's happening to people? They've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. What is Paul writing about in this text? About people just like you and me that had a calling, that got some good things, they had a great destiny, but they made a choice. And it was causing them to stumble. These people thought, how many people know thinking sometimes is your worst enemy? These people thought they knew God, but it was God that had, it was God that had created them, not the created one creating them. So I'm going to worship the thing that has the power over me, not the thing that's the power under me. They're worshiping things that he said subdue. That makes no sense to me. Why would I worship a fish or a jackal when God created everything? I'm going to worship the one I know that when I get up in the middle of the night and I say, oh, God. And I did the other night. I'm telling you. I said, oh, God. I need you. And God will listen. Somebody here today is going to walk out with a miracle. You say, Bishop, you say that all the time. No, I'm telling you. 
I know when I say that it's going to happen. You see, I don't believe in luck. I believe in divine destiny. I believe in God's divine destiny. You can tamper with my joy. You can tamper with my friends and my family. And he's tried that. You can malign my name. You can malign my reputation. But no one can tamper with my destiny that God has established for my life. The same thing goes for you. God says today, you are his child and according to his, you're there according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Called. Everybody say called. And if you don't think you're called, you wouldn't be sitting here today. You're here for a reason. I'm definitely here for a reason. I'm here to say to hell with hell. And Satan needs to stay in his, his place. Not in our life and not in this church and not for anyone in the sound of my voice today. You, have, you are God's chosen. In this walk of life, if we keep Jesus at the center of our life, then... We've been reassured by his word that all things will work for our good, no matter what we think. But when God says, I got another route, I'm going to take that route. How many people understand that you're in the process right now? We're going to get through it. What do you mean? We've been called and anointed. We're sent out to fulfill the purpose and plan of God and our divine destiny. You know, we say a lot of things <clears throat> about the church. People don't love God like they should, and that's probably true. Or they don't love Him like they used to. They're not as faithful as they used to be. But I can say to this church, this is our time. Let me say that again so you won't make a mistake. This is our time. Hell does not dictate our time. Satan does not dictate our time. Only God Almighty dictates our time. It is our time. This is our opportunity. Today is the day of our salvation, which if you understand salvation, it encompasses a lot of things. Healing, prosperity, dominion. It, it just covers it. Let's quit making excuses. Let's quit waiting for more, a more convenient time. Hmm. We have no other time. Let me tell you. When it comes time, you think, uh-oh, I'm not finished yet. God says, well, you are now. There's not a more convenient time. We have no other time. And we have a destiny to fulfill because we desperately need the upgrade. We need that step up. I need something that's going to affect in my life that will affect everything and everybody around me. So I ask you, are you ready for a miracle? Are you ready for a change?